breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome on all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, live on Highland Middle, back via podcast. We have another pack show in store later on. We're going to speak with Keith Duggan of the Irish Times. He's going to round up all the weekend's GA matches. We're going to hear from former county star, now Highland Radio pundit, Maureen O'Donnell, on Donegal Ladies' victory on their group opener against Waterford. But first of all, the small matter of the All-Ireland football qualifier in Clonus yesterday and Donegal were drawn against Armagh, a team they had defeated seven weeks previous by seven points and the tables were turned big time yesterday, a 10-point defeat by Armagh. Joining me to discuss the game now is two former greats, two men that know a lot about Armagh and Donegal clashes. It is Kevin Cassidy and Aaron Kiernan. Lads, welcome to the show. I'm fond of good, good oh, to you. Are we dead? You, you're even quiet there, Aaron. You all right? I thought you'd be celebrating. Uh, no, no, no. no. You have to be uh, sort of humble. Uh, we have uh, yeah. <laughs> good, 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 good. We need that. Good, we're sensitive. Good, good, good win for us yesterday, but uh, we'd we still be realistic enough um, in terms of the bigger picture. But definitely what we've done this past two weeks has been, has been enjoyable and great to see for that group in particular. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm trying to get my head around the man of defeat, and Kevin will tell you there's the the, the I suppose the inquest has started, and I'm, I'm I'm always weary of that now with social media and the respect to to, to players and management because listen they're putting in whatever he's putting in they want to win the game, but you know Arma in the league game and Letter Kenny squeezed up in, on Dory Gold at the end of that match, the last 15 minutes, and put on their better players, including Marie O'Neill. And they shook Donegal a bit. And I was fearful going into the championship. But then when in the championship in Balbafay, where it was a home venue or whatever, Armagh backed off Donegal. And really, even when Donegal did go long or Armagh went long, Donegal lorded it at midfield. So we had a complete uh, revolution from Armagh in terms of how they played the game. And after that opening salvo, you know, Armagh really got the grips and, and, and squeezed up. We, it was like a completely different side, um, uh, Aaron, from, from the teams, uh, we, particularly from the, the, the Balbafay game. Yeah, but I, I think Brendan Dowster was so disappointing from an Armagh perspective in Ballybuffet. Um, like we, I was expecting yesterday's performance in Ballybuffet and, and it didn't even come close to it. Um, it's hard to say whenever you're supposed you're not in the group. Um, I couldn't understand why we played the way we played in Ballybuffet um, because I would have felt that, you know, obviously we've been building a new team this past while, but I would have thought like we should have been the ones who should have been hungrier and, you know, trying to play in the front foot, trying to play with more aggression. And for some reason, we went up and I don't know whether it was all the sort of mess over the suspensions and whether we were trying to be squeaky clean in terms of our physicality or, or else we were just trying to think, you know, too tactically outside the box or trying to, you know, confuse Bonner or Donegal or whatever. I don't know. But definitely yesterday, in terms of what suits the style of Armagh players that we have available at the moment, how they played against uh, Tyrone and how they backed it up again yesterday, that's whenever we're at our best. And um, if we had went out and played like that yesterday and it wasn't good enough to beat Donegal, well, so be it, I would have took it. But to go and do what we did in Bally Buffet, it was it was depressing. Um, like going down that road, I didn't see any light at the end of the tunnel for us, and that's just being honest. I couldn't see us turning it around if that's the way we went into a game where we had huge time to prepare for. Um, but definitely it's it's been unbelievably positive and enjoyable to watch Armand this past two weekends. 
Yeah, huge goaler and huge uh, buzz about the day of the match. But listen, Kevin, just taking us back to to that first half and and Donegal, like Aaron's talking about, you know, style of play and that. Like, what what do you think our style of play is, Kevin? There definitely was a big cloud hanging over us after Derry, not just because we lost the game, but because it was a way it was played. But this game seemed to explode, you know, after that amazing Grugan goal after nine ten seconds. You know, Donegal hitting six points in a row. We probably seen the best from Donegal. Uh, in that period, in that twenty minutes, you're like this is, and the, the game itself was fantastic. The crowd was buzzing; it, it was really something that I wasn't expecting. And at that point, you were thinking, uh, you know, this game is 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 Donegal's to win. Yeah, definitely. And like I suppose going back, much like Aaron, I was I was worried coming into the Battle Buffet game because I'd watched a lot of our man in the league and how how aggressive they were in their forward unit, the mixture of the play and different things, but. I felt that day that Armagh got things completely wrong and Donegal wiped them out in their kickouts. Even yesterday for the first 20 minutes, I was scratching my head thinking, but them boys mark what's that video? Because Donegal were overloading Ethan Rafferty's right-hand side. It's more to say that we know exactly where you want to hit it. And you know, Donegal were doing serious damage on the Armagh kickouts in the first, the first 20, 25 minutes yesterday. And I thought to myself, it going to be another just implosion by Armagh. But, you know, like, let's not take it away either to be in a... Like, obviously, we're not, we're not down in Young Park because of unbelievable keeper. But the swing for me was the two short kickouts because if you look at them, like five points really come out of that because Rian sticks to 45 and then you get the goal then you get the, the black card and then I think I got the first score after that so it's massive and like obviously those those first maybe 25-30 minutes we were going extremely well and you thought to yourself right the boys have learned from being too conservative against Derry but listen credit to Armagh then once, once they, they smelled blood they just, they just went for us and that was game over yeah, yeah, and Aaron, what was your feeling just after that that six points in a row from Donegal? Did, did did you feel that the the change came from the players, or did you see anything from the line that that Armas suddenly really started to clamp Donegal and squeeze up on them and box Donegal into a position where they just couldn't get out? Do, do you think that came just from the players, or was it the flow of the game, or or you think it came from came from the line? No, I think it, it came from the players there. And it's one thing I'm conscious of, and it's something you remarked about is social media. And social media, for the vast majority, to be honest with you, can be fairly toxic now at this stage. I find it a bit depressing looking at it. Um, yeah. And I'm going to talk for both sides here in terms of, like, I'm sure the interest of UCA is on in Donegal, but we were we couldn't control Donegal yesterday. And it's not that I, I'm critical of Donegal, but I just know the quality that they have. But this past few years, I just felt they weren't showing it. They didn't excite me. Um, first 20 minutes, like, you were just coming at us from all angles. You had runners everywhere. You had pace. You had a variety of scores. You were getting your loop scores, getting everything. And to be fair to Armad, then, I think just the players themselves stepped up and showed a bit of maturity and actually showed a bit of self-belief whenever things were going against them, we've been honest for maybe 10, 12 years now, we haven't been capable of doing that on the field of play, you know, in real time. We've struggled badly and games have ran away from us. So I, I definitely think it was Donegal who were, you know, had completely took over after conceding the early goal and we're playing a super brand of football with huge energy everywhere and I'm just were genuinely struggling to cope with them. But then I have to give full credit to Armagh is that on the field, they upped things, you know, they didn't drop their heads, they didn't go into their shells and just look after themselves. 
they've done their own jobs and then still helped someone else, the next man who was in danger or the next man who needed support off the shoulder. So for me, how both teams went at it and thought out situations themselves in real time with class made for a brilliant spectacle. But definitely for 20, 25 minutes, I was sitting with my mate at the game and I was like, we're in trouble here. Do you know what? Because we just couldn't stop the runners. Like you said, it was just coming relentlessly from our girl. I think that's the biggest thing I would take from the game is obviously they're super scored at Armagh racked up, but it's how they dealt with the Donegal onslaught and stopped it and pushed up. Like I know at the start of the second half in Ballyboe Fair, we pushed up um, on kickouts and really slowed Donegal's build-up play, but we never got anything out of them. McBrady was the first person to score in the second half, but whenever we pressed yesterday, um, we put these under serious pressure. And to be fair, like people say everything's you blame and the kick out. Um, it's maybe a risky enough one to chip it where he chips it, where if you're that defender, it's a McCole or, or a McFadden Ferry, and you're standing square on looking at him. You don't know what, you can't see the picture behind you of what's coming. But in fairness, the two boys did fumble the ball. So it, it probably, it's a, it's a collective. You can't throw the full blame on, on Patton he actually hit the ball to their chest they just fumbled it but just whether he should have went short particularly after the first one that's maybe where the, the issues could be um, but from an RMR perspective those 15 minutes before half time was actually the most pleasing part for me um, because they showed self-belief and assurance that we just haven't had for years Kevin just with Aaron talking about there the short kick out you know the fact that Patton the two kick outs before those two short ones were won by Armagh so in Patton's mind, he's thinking, right, I need to get us possession, get us up the pitch. But certainly after we got away the first one, that Keelan Ward, that, that brilliant save with the legs, uh, um, I think obviously for me, we would have went long then. But listen, that, that, that's history. But just going back to the Derry game, it was a couple of short kickouts put us under pressure and turned the game there. After Balbuffet, when we seemed to, particularly Jason McGee had the game of his life, how come we weren't able to get the ball out the pitch? Was that just, just the tenacity of our ma? Uh, out around the pitch and everywhere we seemed to put the ball they were just snapping at us was that just the difference in that moment? Uh, I think in fairness to, to Geezer and his background team they had their, they had their homework done to be like if you go through all of our league games this year um, I'm thinking back to the very first league game down in Markovic Park where we blitzed Mayo because Mayo, Mayo stood off us and the minute Mayo pressed us and pounded us and harassed us we imploded we, we found it really difficult to get the ball out if you look at those two Kickouts we lost yesterday. Short. Listen, obviously, Patton would be disappointed. Maybe he could he could um, bypass the press and, and try to launch it long. But like those three men right on top of the likes of Old McFadden Ferry, the minute he got the ball. So obviously, Armagh had disidentified and, and it paid off for them. So you have to give them great credit as well. Yeah, and and, and just you know, from that period you talked about when you thought we we're in trouble here, it was nine to one two. The swing then put that to two thirteen to ten points. I mean, it's it's a thirteen point swing. I mean, it's it's absolutely remarkable the change in that game. You talk about ebbs and flows, and it was just a complete Armagh takeover. And we've seen the absolute quality of, of of these players, and and really, you know, you know, every I think Armagh forward could engage his man and cause him problems. And it seemed to be Armagh were one on one. And when Donegal came forward, McBerty or Murphy or anybody, we're all getting clamped, two or three tackles coming in. But, I mean, obviously, Nugent and, and Mernon, and when they were in the game, you know, Campbell, you know, had his moments. You know, Duffy, I thought, was very good. You know, Grugan, of course, and, and of course, Oshin, um, uh, or sorry, Rian O'Neill. I mean, he was kind of operating at a, a level, and we know this is in him, um, 
Aaron, but it was a bit frightening from a from a Donegal perspective. I mean, the point that he kicked in the second half, he was kind of like a, a senior player playing in an under-18 game where he just kind of cruised around or, or 45 until he wanted to chip the ball over the bar. It, it, it was a bit embarrassing from a Donegal. It was a brilliant score, um, but you know as a former defender, Aaron, it, you wouldn't have let that happen in, in, in your defence and somebody would have got a piece of him. Yeah, I know the score you're talking about. It, it was it sort of typified the confidence he was playing at. But uh, like I said I thought the whole Armagh team turned things themselves. But without sing- signaling about because he's a, a club mate of mine, I thought Ryan really stepped up. I'm nearly sure it was four points in a row between freeze and from play. He kicked whenever Donegal had hit that purple patch. Um, and and to be honest with you. I was I was so annoyed for him after Ballybofey because again we'll go back to social media people having a laugh and saying oh, he's he's not the top player he's not the same bracket as as your elite players and I was hurt for him because I know genuinely he is and I just felt Armagh tactically got it so wrong with him I thought they were trying to be too cute by playing him out round the f- sort of middle of the field forty five and just trying to link a bit of play um, which he hadn't been doing during the league and. It played into Donegal's hands. He never got any shots off in the first half. And you could see frustration building in him because he wasn't in the game. Yesterday, uh, he just went out and he was going to prove his worth um, for his team and for everybody else. And for me, I just thought he just absolutely carried the fight. And even though he was doing a lot out around the middle of the field, the pace he was running at, the aggression he was playing at, the turnovers he was getting, that's him at his absolute best. Um, and I think in terms of someone who who's the captain of your team, um, I thought he led exactly how your captain should do by example. And he took everyone else with him then. Um, so that was just hugely positive and genuinely just obviously for him. And, and personally, I was delighted because he's proved yet again that he is in the top bracket of elite forwards um, in the country. Um, and I suppose you know Michael Murphy very well, but I know Ryan very well. And I know he has the same capabilities of needing our club and our county um, for the next eight, 10 years, um, just purely by what he does in terms of turning up in the training pitch and turning up in the big days whenever it matters most. And for Armagh to be successful, he's going to need to be hitting that performance on a consistent basis um, and I think tactically once we set up to suit him I think he'll deliver I listen totally agree Aaron. What, what a player they have and a young man yet the best is yet to come from him the, the sky's the limit you know, I mentioned there my forward line and their impact all their defenders really yesterday Kevin were on their game they were tacked on the numbers they were tacked they were cohesive together the whole team was cohesive which is very different the Donegal seemed to be disjointed a lot and I was just me and Aaron was talking previously on on, on, uh, on my woolly a few times just about the, the jaded nature maybe of Donegal and of Monan and of Tyrone that have all come up short against the energy of, of our man Derry this year really you know but you look across your defence uh, Kevin and you might look at the way Forker was all over Murphy and you know Jared Burns coming, uh, Oak Burns coming forward, kicking those three points and the, the energy he was bringing. You know, we're, we're back six. You know, you, you have to include ba- Patter Mogan and Ryan McHugh in that, you know, and the rest of our defenders really aren't out and out man markers or not you would call very strong tacklers. So you're putting them two half forward, two light half forwards back in there. Kevin, are we asking for trouble in terms of, right, how are we going to, you know, be solid against a, a, a hard running fast? Strong Armagh team who are going to mix it up, you know, power for power. We we really weren't on the same level and, and able to cope with it with with the with the defensive uh, players we had in there. 
No, definitely. I think we all know what we have to do to be in here. Whoever comes in, I think we have to start at the bottom and get back to basics because the way we've been playing, not at, not on a county level, but your club level, and you know, I think I go through that panel today. I could name ten players who are the same type of players: Owen Brand, Ryan McHugh, Pat Morgan, Darrell Wheel, Ethan Dard, Ethan O'Donnell. The two Doherty's uh, from Glen East, you know, similar players, like, you know, all able to get forward. And we're about man markers. I think we have one of the best man markers in the current in our club and Owen McFadden Ferry. But the last two years, to me, I think he's been coached out of man marking. He's been asked to attack forward more, whereas I think his job should be right. Listen, man marking, whoever he's marking, Supi Campbell. That your job is come off that pitch making sure that he hasn't scored and then anything else you do above that is a bonus for the team you know I think our defenders have to get back into that mindset we're too you know I don't know obviously you know, systems we've been playing and we've depended on the likes of Neil McGee and these boys bombing forward to open up defences and create space but I think we've got a lot of work to do today because like you just even Farquhar there yesterday wherever Murphy stood he had no issue going toes to with them and we don't have enough players like that yeah. and 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 I'm just thinking as well on top of that you know you're you're talking about like Oshun O'Neill Mackin and, and Grimley three players that would have a big, good shot of, of being in that 15 yesterday you still have those guys uh, uh, to come into the squad you know it's it's real uh, positive stuff for our man heading into this uh, Galway class now uh, well, th- throw in Tiernan Kelly as well, who had a superb league campaign, and he picked up just a, a random uh, arm injury uh, after the Valley Buffet game. But uh, I actually think all of them are gone, though. There's no, I don't think any. Well, obviously Neil Grimley, you could be talking 12, 18 months. He's going to be out with the the neck break that he had. Um, but the other three boys as well, physically they're actually big players, but they also have got quality as well. But unfortunately, yeah, I think all four are actually going to be gone for the season for Armagh. Um, but like I had said last week uh, on, on Woolly Show one man's loss is another man's gain um, and to be fair the whole squad like they're, they're getting the absolute limit out of themselves um, Rain I suppose touched on it yesterday and it, again I'd be sort of honest enough to know my fear going into the game was I, I seen how well we played against Throne, the quality of play that we had but the intensity um, that we had all over the field but genuinely, we have never backed that up in 10, 12 years of, of championship football. Um, struggled to do it, backing up league football at no championship. So that was always just, uh, it was a worry I would have had going in yesterday. Were we capable of reaching the same heights again? And for me, uh, to see them doing that yesterday was massive. Um, but most importantly, I think the players, boys, you do it with yourself, you know yourself as a playing group now. The confidence that you take from that there, like, you know, you're supposed to, the buzz that's then in the group, um, the, the camaraderie, the self-belief you take from knowing that you can back that up again. You just want the next challenge again. Um, and, and we've got a great draw in, in terms of Galway where I think they'll let us play a bit of football as well. Um, yep. and I think it's, it's, it's a real 50-50 game in terms of, from an RMR perspective, it's probably the draw that I would have, uh, most like because they said they'll let you play a bit of ball as well um, and I think that'll suit us yeah certainly uh, uh, Mackin was it a head injury concussion no um... no so it was just a pure freak he went to block uh, he just was blocking a ball in a training game after the champ or after the 
league game in Letterkenny and one of the boys boot actually just caught him right in the eye um, and he's done damage to his actual the eye itself and to the eye socket um, so yeah he, he could be gone for maybe six or nine months he, he's had to wear glasses now since then and he's just struggling to get full vision back into it but just a just a real freak um, incident but it's, it's very unfortunate for him because he, he's tough. I, I, I didn't realise those injuries were as bad actually you know I, I heard different reports on them Jeez, that, that's a pity for those lads too because you know the, 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 the colour actually seen you I think you were out there with your son after the game were you? Um, I was trying to chase the two of them that was, that was another uh, <laughs> the two of them <laughs> spotted you in the crowd at one stage alright like I seen you run after or something <laughs> Fair yeah, yeah it was uh, oh, geez, as soon as the final whistle went the two boys were gone straight out onto the field so um, yeah had a go following them it was uh, daddy day out so I was left the responsibility I, I was sent out with two so I knew I had to come home with two yeah, they've listened. No better man moving around the Clonus Park pitch, I would say, Aaron. That's not a problem for you yet. Kevin, just looking at this, uh, uh, you know, you, you think of the evolution now coming out of Ulster and the Ulster games, are, uh, you know, in terms of how they're playing each other. That, that's our mad team of suit going out in the, in the Crow Park and, and going at teams and, and, and they've got scores, they've got long range kickers, they've got a varied game. I would fear a bit more for Derry. You know, going into a, uh, you know, into a big match and play, playing their game versus our mass. Yeah, but like when you look at draws or something, I think there's some cracking games. And like from our and a dairy point of view, listen, they might say it out loud, but I think they'll be quietly confident. Uh, obviously, dairy, you know, more so. But you know, I think it's a great game for our to get. Uh, like Aaron said, there, Galway are not going to flood the defence. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of go toe to toe a wee bit with you. And like I think the Sir team will explode in, in Crow Park, especially the way they can mix mix it up. Like I don't, I haven't seen a kick pass or like a wheel or nail into the forward line in a long time because he understands the ball that he wants because he's used to playing in there. So there's no better man to deliver that in. And like what, like from a dairy point of view, the likes of it excites me to see the likes of Shane McGuigan go to Crow Park to see what he can do. So. I think it's two two great games, and I'm really looking forward to the two of them hopefully coming through. And Aaron, any any chance at all that this could be a in memory? I mean, in many ways, Tyrone kind of coming from kind of way outside the the, the running to the one all Ireland. Is, is I know. Listen, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Is there a possibility there for for either Ulster team to to potentially go all, all the way, or do you think that the the powers that be in your your Dublin's and Kerry's would are still a march uh, ahead. I'm realistic enough to see past my orange blinker glasses here and the euphoria there's been this past two weeks to, to know that they're operating at a higher level, a more consistent level that we have been at for years. But I fully expect it to be Armagh Derry in the All Ireland final, facing up to one of the two of them. Um, but if you're been completely honest, hand and heart, um, you would have to see it been a struggle for either team um, to to be able to get one over Dublin and carry whoever comes through. That's either or that's who I expect it to be, and whoever comes through that semi finally, you can only imagine the condition that they're going to be in. But I, I just think, in terms of from an Ulster perspective, it's a it's an unbelievable opportunity. Like I'd say. Particularly our man Derry, they're sitting there, and so is true in the other two teams if if you want as well. Um, like what an opportunity to know that you're missing the big two, let them battle away on the other side, and the praise that is ahead of you. Um, but I suppose that's 
something that you need a training block out if you are a player because you just have to focus on what's going to happen in, in two weeks time and make sure you give yourself an opportunity to, to make that semi-final let alone a final but um, it is something then that I suppose as a supporter uh, I definitely we're having a coffee up at the the square in town here this morning and the whole the whole path was definitely being plotted by everyone who was standing talking football uh, in terms of where Armagh going to go or where they potentially can go so it is as exciting it is like I suppose you turn back the uncertainty that we had heading into the throne game literally eight days ago yeah. And now we're talking about potentially getting to an all-earned final. So um, we'll just not talk about winning it for, for the yeah. game. We'll, we'll, we'll put that off. <laughs> Good man, Aaron. You're, you've been around too long to be jumping on that. Fair play. Kevin, normally just, I'll, I'll throw this last one to you, Kevin. We, we, you know, you look forward to maybe a club championship, but I hate Kevin. You know me, I'm not negative. But listen, let's be honest. You know, I was talking to Greg earlier, you know, our our our, our club championship is in a, in, a, in, a, in a terrible place in terms of teams going out and actually Beaten, which we keep, we keep looking the the spark of things to happen. You know, we've seen some of the league uh, um, tallies coming in there. They're they're absolutely shocking. You know, and I, I'll go back to our, our our junior and intermediate and their senior finalist losers last year. Three teams, their combined total was twelve points across the three finals combined. I mean, that's a damn indictment of of I shouldn't bloody laugh because it's actually doing doing my nut a bit, but. Have we any chance, uh, Kevin? Of does the does the revolution because underage, you know, we're put by Tyrone in a couple of games. There's a lot of good working on. We've great development. We've a great setup there at our at our, at our training HQ and convoy. Do, does there have to be a mini revolution in club here, uh, uh, Kevin, to kind of pull Donegal football out of this? They start breeding uh, uh, players of of a different uh, style than we're getting. I think there is, yeah. And I think, listen, you know, those boys have taken us a some journey to be over the last 10 years. I think we're a wee bit spoiled, to be honest with you. Contesting on the final after on the final, you know. But I think we need to change because we're suffering at the, at, at the highest level because, like, if all of our club players are being taught to mass defence and you don't really have responsibility for your own man, and how can you then go that step above and mark a top quality and a county forward, you know? So the game's moved on. Uh, and it's time that we, especially here at club level now, that the managers just grow a set of balls and, and start going back to, you know, trying to develop the right type of players and, and the right brand of football. And, you know, it will take us four, five, six years to be, and whoever gets the job is going to have to know that um, because, you know, the habits have to go and you have to get used to going toe to toe with people again. And, you know, do we have enough? marquee forwards, marquee players that can change games, the likes of what Ryan Neal did for Armagh, do we have enough of them within the country? So they're big questions that need to be answered over I suppose, the next couple of months. Yep. Yeah, great stuff, Kevin. And Aaron, thanks so much for rounding that up, lads, and I'll uh, speak to you as the summer goes on. Cheers, Brandon. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads. Yeah, two legends of the game there, Kevin Cassidy and Aaron Kernan, rounding up the action Ah, from Clunas there yesterday, as I said at the top of the show, we were going to catch up with Maureen O'Donnell as Donegal ladies got their all Ireland Senior Championship group uh, qualifier off to a winning start. Uh, Maureen's going to round up the action for us now. Maureen, how are you this evening? Good, Brendan. Uh, how are you? I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad, Mo. I'm a wee bit uh, I mean, shell-shocked would be the word. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit uh, deflating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. we do. just had a good chat there um, to, to Kevin Casty and Aaron Kiernan, just trying to figure the whole thing out. And I don't think there's any magic sweep with it, Mo. It's just, uh, you know, we, we were beat by a much better side. But there's a 
there's there's an inquest to, to come now just to think about tactics and we'd be very very poor support um, yesterday you know very poor in Ulster final and then the same yesterday although yesterday's game was particularly enter- the first half was unbelievably entertaining but come here listen hey you're coming off the back the, the backdrop of that defeat to Derry and you know like the Donegal team and management they got a lot of criticism over the way they played the game but you you know yourself as a player um, the way a game evolves out there I don't think they particularly went out to be that defensive on mm. the day mm. and like seeing yesterday they looked a bit tired a bit lethargic you know they're coming off a decade of playing defensive football it's very hard to shake that system you know yes. you, you you know you, I suppose looking to get more offensive that's what we want to want to do and maybe the supporters just were a bit deflated after the Ulster final you know yeah yeah I'm a- just, just looking across to the, you know, after uh, the ladies' Ulster final, you know, they were very deflated in terms of the, the game kind of won twice. You know, I was listening to yourself, and and that was disappointing. Of course, the All Ireland series now is separate from the provincials. You know, it's like a new, a new competition. If you like, they don't really have, have, have anything to do with each other. So you're you're in a group now with with Waterford and Cork. Tough, tough group. Uh, more tough uh, uh, opener uh, uh, against Waterford, but Donegal coming out on top. It is, aye. I mean, they come, they come away there was two-point victory yesterday and perhaps they're still trying to shake that defeat in the Ulster final. You know, it's a, it's a, it was a sickening pull to take because being up at the game, watching the game is probably one of the most entertaining Ulster finals I've seen now for a while and while Donegal came away defeated that day, you know, there were some absolutely fantastic performances throughout the field. Like, this is the thing about Donegal, they are a quality side, they have the players, they remind me a lot of Mayo, the men's team and Mayo, highly skilled, qualified, experienced players, but just can't seem to get over the line on the big days, you know. Uh, but listen, as you said, Championship All-Ireland Series, it's a different it's a different game paired up against Waterford going out yesterday both teams had a lot to lose having to play Cork you know yourself Cork are always there thereabouts top four team in the All-Ireland series so a one for Donegal yesterday probably seeded them a place in the quarterfinals against Mayo now if they beat Cork um, which is scheduled now I see for Kildare this week I don't know if that's a mistake because they're supposed to play Cork and Cork which is a, it's a big mountain to climb to try and beat Cork and Cork, but maybe they have a lifeline. If they beat Cork, they have they will they'll play. Sorry, they'll play me. Well, actually, if they beat Cork, mm. they actually paired up against Dublin now in the quarterfinals as it stands. You know, mm. because Dublin will probably top Group A. So, so there's a lot to be said, Mo, for maybe avoiding the dubs, obviously. But Mo, is that is that a bit unfair? That I mean, back to back big away trips. Is, do you think the, the, the you know the the LGFA has responded and, and said, hold on a second, this is too much to be asking them to to go uh, on these trips that they've that they've uh, uh, made Cork come come halfway, yeah. which could be a huge uh, a huge plus point for us. Yeah, listen, hey, I think that's that. Maybe they did look at that. Uh, it is. I don't know why the game was scheduled in Cork. Why any team in the All Ireland qualifiers would have home advantage anyway? Because you know neutral venues are, are the way to go in these sort of games to give opposition fair chance. You know, like you know yourself traveling the length of the country to play a big game like that where there's a lot at stake. You know, it does take an awful lot out of that team. You know, there's a lot of preparation behind it. So. Perhaps they have looked at that, and it would be a lot, a, a lot fairer to do something like that. A game in Kildare is halfway for both, you know. So then maybe that's what they did, you know. Mm, certainly, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one, but listen, Cork, Cork and Waterford. 
the, the way the groups are sp- split up, was that a tough one for Donegal, seeing as, you know, the way the, the, the other groups and teams were seated in that? This this is a very uh, a difficult group to come out of for Donegal. And as you say, if you don't come out on top, you, you play the dub. So it's uh, it's uh, the, the court game, it could be pivotal. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, Donegal can beat Cork on on their day, on good days. Donegal can have great days out there. And, you know, Cork have been working away quietly in the background. Um, uh, you know, didn't have, like, Division 1, they did all right. Like, But they're a new team, a developing team, so they're there for the taking as well. But in saying that, you're going to come up against the big teams like Dublin and Meath eventually, uh, regardless, like, if Donegal, as it sits now, go ahead and play Dublin in the quarterfinals, it's a repeat of last year's All-Ireland quarterfinal where Donegal lost out by five points. They started the game relatively well. And like you look back at the Division uh, 1 fi- uh, semi-final where Donegal overcame Dublin. So, as I say, they got the monkey off the bank then. But then when you look at the other side of things, Dublin are out for revenge for last year's All-Ireland uh, final defeat. They feel they could have taken Meath in the day. So they're looking to get probably Meath back yes. in the All-Ireland final and get back um, we get their hands back on that cup again as well so and they're probably really they came away with a really sickening defeat against Donegal where Donegal scored them two goals in 36, the, the 30 seconds you know period and Dublin don't want to do that again so I mean it'll be a cracking quarter final as well but and a lot to lose for both but listen when you look at the groups Donegal you know Donegal are in against Cork there Waterford we're always going to lose out Galway and Kerry played a cracking game of football yesterday. Galway just missed out by a point, you know, and there was a goal disallowed in the square, which was actually a goal for Galway. Elise Morrissey scored a cracking goal. She was deemed to be in the square. That's the way football goes. And West meets in that group, so they're not going to come out there. Armagh and Meath are in the one group. Armagh and Meath are going to come out of that. One of them's going to lose out there. And then you've got Dublin and Mayo. Tipperary and Cavan in Group A, so you're going to have Dublin Mayo coming out of that. Yeah. Uh, well, tell me, the, 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 well, just looking at the, the high-scoring game, it was very, as you said, a brilliant game with, with Armagh. Me and you spoken before about the tactical nature of the ladies' game and how it's getting more and more entrenched at times, if you like. I mean, 10, ten points to 1-5. I know Donegal did, did lead by 6 and then Waterford got the goal to pull them back into it, but are, are you noticing that, that maybe after the Armagh game, Donegal were... were wanted to very much maybe get their defensive house in order and of course Waterford maybe fearing the Donegal uh, forward line were trying to sit in and, and I suppose uh, you know p- play that real rigid defensive system really kind of I suppose bring the game down to them small elements that, that we're seeing in, in, in some of the Ulster football we wouldn't see in the men's game um, Yeah the defensive strategy you're talking about listen me introduced it to the ladies and they won an All-Ireland final. In fact, they've won a lot of provincial finals, All-Ireland intermediate finals, from introducing this style of Ulster play. You know, we say it, is, it came from Ulster. It came from probably Donegal won in All-Ireland in, in 2012 with Jim McGuinness. It's filtering into the ladies' game now, you know. And, like, whilst the, the Armagh-Donegal-Ulster final for the ladies was a cracking game of football, both teams, I, I had noted in the beginning and the first half were very defensive and very similar in style now it opened up a bit better in the second half and goals were got but Waterford going out yesterday knew the threat probably in Jeremy McLaughlin and Karen was due to start as well had a cracking second half performance against Armagh in the Ulster final so had she been on the field maybe there would have been a lot more scores but yeah you're right very low scoring game like I was doing the stats on it um, you know whilst they scored 10 points Brendan 
there was only four points scored from play that's probably not going to cut it going forward against the bigger teams you know you yeah. want to get be getting more scores on the board like uh, o- overall and seven and, and the 60 minutes of football you know uh, Donegal had 16 shots on goal like and that's including their whites and would so, you think Mo there was a you just mentioned at the start that wee bit of a hangover from the Ulster final could that have been anything to do with it they just needed to get a victory yesterday I know what you're saying about the bigger sides you know as the, as the season goes on but do you think that had anything to do with it 100% at the end of the day yesterday was a qualifying game Donegal don't care how they got over the line the fact is they got over the line and that's what they wanted to do and as I say it's the Ulster final was a really sore defeat for them you know coming back losing out maybe twice having having the lead twice and losing out in the manner that they did it's, it's a lot to take you know and this bunch of girls have been through a lot like in terms of defeat that way so as I said they're an absolutely fantastic team uh, and, and can have some cracking team performances but yeah it's coming off the back of that Ulster defeat it was hard I just think they wanted to get over the line you know and try and get their get their defensive set up right again and, and get back you have to you have to understand like Karen got was off the field yesterday there was a couple of changes earlier on so whatever's going on maybe injury wise as well but they just want to get, I suppose, a one-to-one, Brendan, in that situation. And they're now through, they're in the qualifiers, or they're in the quarterfinals, probably against Mayo. So that's what they want to do. Whether you want by one point or ten points, it's still a victory at the end of the day. Yeah, we'll take the victory, Mo. We'll take yeah, that. Listen, we'll roll on with it, Mo. Thanks very much. Listen, get behind our ladies. They're flying the flag now uh, uh, for Donegal. Yeah. And, and we, we wish them all the, all the best, Maxie and the squad. There, Mo, you keep an eye on things, and we'll talk to you as, a, well, as the scene goes on. Thanks very much. Marina Dahl, former county star there rounding up Donegal's victory against Waterford yesterday 10 points to 1-5 and now as I said at the top of the show we're going to look across the Ireland series and, and get some in-depth look at what's coming up next and what happened at the weekend with Irish uh, Times reporter Keith Duggan. Keith how are you this evening? Yeah very good thanks Brandon all well. Keith you're of course uh uh, a brilliant writer with the the, the Irish Times, but uh, um, a Ballyshannon man, a, a Donegal man, of course, at, at heart. Yeah, yeah, very much. Are you so. living that now? Um, you down the Midlands, are you? Galway, 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 Galway yeah. good man, good man. Yeah, I've been there for a good while. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And again, anyone's from Donegal never really stops being from Donegal. And uh, on Sunday, I wasn't working, so uh, I was allowed to be a, a fully fledged and very frustrated Donegal man from <laughs> the television. Yes, yes. I mean, I spoke to Kevin Casty and Aaron Kiernan. We were picking through the game. Uh, Casey and Trufeld is very invested, uh, you know, in the team. And, and from your own kind of looking in from 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 uh, your perspective of watching, Dickie, what, what was your overall assumption on? I mean, it was a brilliant performance from her man. I, mean, I, was, I was looking at it, Keith, it was a 17-point switch between us winning by 17 and losing by 10 yesterday. It was a remarkable, I suppose, turnaround in fortunes from where Armagh were seven weeks ago to, to what we've seen yesterday. Yeah, I mean, Armagh were just full value from from the word go. They were just uh, they were just switched on. They obviously came with a very clear game plan. You can see that from that goal after 11 seconds. Um and they, you know, they, they responded pretty well to that period when Donegal were on song and, 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 and popping points and, and sort of looked to have found a rhythm that had eluded them throughout the championship. But, um, I mean, obviously they couldn't have, um, they couldn't have banked on a penalty and a black card with the goalkeeper being sent off in the space of, uh, in the space of one minute. That said, they, you know, 
they had pressed up on Donegal in Bally Buffet just after half time. If you remember, Brendan, uh, you, you were there that day, and no no scores came off at that day. But they had they really had Donegal at sixes and sevens, and it was you know it it was probably no great secret that they were going to try and try and try and stress test them again, um, and and it worked for them this time. The big disappointment for, for Donegal was the response after half time. They sort of survived that period of, of, of utter chaos. They weren't in too bad a position. Four points down wasn't an utter disaster. But once they, once they dropped those t- two quick points after half time, um, the game was almost gone from them. Um, but yeah, Armagh just really, really, um, just a just a really strong performance throughout. Obviously, some brilliant individual performances, um, but just the energy and the attitude was really really impressive. And the way the quarterfinal draw has broken now, and this is I suppose particularly galling for for Donegal supporters. Uh, you know, you could see Derry and Armagh conceivably in 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 semi-finals in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, it's looking that way, I, I would think. Uh, Keith, just an overview of football, you know, trying to get a handle on. If you talked about energy there, we are, man. And Derry have an energy, both playing different kind of tactics, really. And I think Armagh will suit more going into this, these latter games when they go to Crow Park and that the way they're playing. The Derry tactic, I don't think, is going to uh, work for them, you know, particularly when they play a very talented forward line in Crow Park. But, but certainly... If you look at the other Ulster teams, the big three teams now, you know, the way that the Armagh and Derry have both beaten, Armagh beaten two of them and, and Derry beaten all three, is there is there a jaded nat- nature to the tactics or is it just simply that the likes of Armagh and Derry and these teams have been down now and are coming with energy and I suppose Galway, another team on the way up and obviously um, Clare on a bit of a run there. Is that energy... Is that vital, and particularly from from the the Ulster perspective, I suppose Derry and, and Armagh, that you're just not seeing that. I mean, the fans very poor support from the Donegal Ulster final, and very little yesterday. So it was as if there, there's an infusion happening in those counties. They're buying into what they're doing, real real fitness and real high, uh, I suppose, energy coming from them that you're not seeing from from the other three uh, traditional uh, three big Ulster teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously Tyrone last year. Had that energy, um, even after that COVID upset against against Curry, they somehow found it. And it, you read if you if you go back to last year's Ulster semi final between Donegal and Tyrone, there was a there was a really strong sense of the entire county. Uh, you know, the fan base, the new management, and the team sort of really in synchronicity uh, that there was a kind of a movement there, you know, and they obviously, it got them, it got them an All-Ireland Championship. Um, the same is true of Derry, uh, you, as you, as you mentioned in the Ulster final, Brandon, just a terrific, terrific support. Um, and our man, I, I noticed there's a, a photograph going around of Reen O'Neill, uh, just, uh, Given it, given an interview after the game, and you know there was hundreds of Armagh fans just gathered around him, and it's great to see. I mean, the county they've. It's hard to believe that that Armagh hasn't won a, a you know an Ulster title since since two thousand and eight, um, and they hadn't beaten Donegal since since that infamous day in in, in Cross McGlen. Um, so they've waited, you know, and they've had their setbacks, and they've had them against Donegal as well. Um, but there really is a, a, a strong sense of momentum about them now um, and a kind of a cause. And you do need that and you do need that energy. Obviously, it seemed like Donegal were losing energy by the minute in the second half yesterday. And maybe the occasion and maybe just the, the scoreboard can, I suppose, exaggerate that in, in, in players' minds. Um, 
But yeah, Donegal have looked jaded. Uh, like, it's arguable. I was thinking about it after the game. I mean, do you remember the game they played against Kerry in Crow Park in 2019? Um, I think they drew 119 apiece. Do you remember that game? Yeah, no, well, yeah. Yeah, like, I kind of felt like it sort of maybe peaked the, the sort of, you know, in, in, in Declan Bonner's time then. And, you know, there was a chance, there was a win there for taking that they didn't, they just didn't quite take. And then obviously they were, they were kind of just bullied by Mayo a few weeks later. And, you know, we, we, we know what happened after that. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that collective energy and sharpness and bite, it was sort of there for a little while. There was, there was just, you know, glimpses of it. Um, during that purple patch, they hit the last day, but once or on, 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 some yesterday in Clonus, but once they were probed, like once they were, once they faced that sort of bit of adversity, they seemed to go back into their shell again. And it's really hard to, um, it's, it's really, it's really hard to put a finger on where they are, you know, just watching from the outside. It is, it is perplexing because there's, there's clearly, um, there's clearly a, a talented group of players there. Yeah, and I think just certain teams we play, and I was speaking to lads about this, you know, our, our defence is a bit light, and then you're sticking in like Mogan and McHugh in there, who are two light half forwards. Like you're asking for trouble against a very powerful Armagh team. And, and, and you're right, listen, in 2016, we had that horrible Ulster final, you know, with, with Tyrone. And I think we had a real low point there. And since then, football's kind of been coming out a lot, if you want. But again, we get dragged back into it. This year, uh, and and of course, Rory Geller involved in both those games, and you just wonder. And I think the very, you know a lot of people left Clonus, even Derry fans, even though they won the game, were disappointed in what they had seen. You know what I mean? I think that balance of 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 attack and and, and ability and and trying to win the match, it we we lost our way in it a bit. But certainly, yesterday you'd have to say Armagh probably learned from what they had seen. You know, not attacking us in 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 Balabafay and really going for us. Uh, yesterday, because if you look at it outside of that, uh, Keith, and, and you know the ones there yesterday for Mayo, you know played kind of poorly. There, you know, having a great, great start to the game and really bossing it. And again, goals. Obviously, you're looking at goals all around. Armagh's goals yesterday, and you know Cork out goal um, uh, Limerick, and of course that late goal and a couple of points for for Clare as well. These are the big scores in the games, but it's certainly if you like fortune favouring the brave. You know, you have to go. And, and try and beat teams. And if you, if you look at our season, I think the very, most disappointing thing will probably be that period when we were two points up with Derry that we weren't brave and, and we didn't have a shot in them closing 12 minutes. I would say that'll be the, I suppose the, the, the most, the, the point where you thought this season could have been different. Yeah. I imagine that's going to, it's going to haunt them for, for a long time. Um, that sort of whatever it was, ten to twelve minutes. Uh, they were just they were just so cautious. Donegal were during that period. Um, but you, you know, maybe I, I I don't know. Like maybe that sort of that comes down to ju- just the you know the prevailing mentality that it kind of cracked into their into their approach to games. Like in fairness, they had become pretty adept at sort of you know navigating their way true games rather than tearing true games. If you go back to the first couple of seasons when Declan came in, there was a real kind of spark and exuberance about their their play. They were kind of carefree um, and they just, they just seemed to be intent on, on, on clocking up scores. And that that sort of diminished over the past couple of years. And, you know, that sort of um, 
that kind of compressed defense that they play, but it's it's sort of low and in, low intensity, and they're just shepherding ball carriers down the side and just making sure that you know nothing nothing gets through the middle. Yeah. Why do you, Keith? Why do you think that that's kind of happened? That we we went from a point where we were, as you said, that famous game against Kerry. Even the, the opener, remember down in Trilly, uh, down in Kerry, it was a uh, Killarney. It was the, I know it was the first league game. It was three fourteen to two eighteen. Remember, and you were like, yeah. I was at that point. I was like, wow, what's happening here? And at <laughs> least if you lose a game to get, and I think that's why the Donegal fans were so disappointed in the Ulster final. If you lose a game going down fighting. Fans can take that on the chin and go with it, but when you lose a game trying to keep ball uh, and you're just it's it, it's over and back and over and back, I think I think that's the problem. There must have been a change in there, Keith. Where maybe the fear or, or listen, Rochford got involved, and I know um, Paddy Campbell came on this year, Nat, and it's as if maybe we aren't playing their strengths uh, in terms of you know our, our abilities. You've seen in that first twenty minutes is. To play that attacking style of game, you know, once once we said, "I'm now in fairness, our man did Pegasus as well." You'd have to yeah. say, but certainly our our strength is doing that. It's fast playing. It's going forward, and yeah, if you don't have the power at the back, you've got to tackle in numbers. And our man were doing that at the back, and we weren't. So everything was came came against us in that game yesterday, and then we weren't at all using our strengths. Yeah, I mean, if yeah, you're, you, I think you're you're asking there, like, why why is that crept into their play? I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is, um, maybe there's a fear there of 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 players of defenders getting exposed, sort of one in one on one situations, and they're trying to to remove that as much as possible. Um, it's it, it, it's it's hard it's hard it's it's hard to say, but it's it, you can see for that brief period when they did kind of flare yesterday, just how just how expansive they are and comfortable they are on the ball going forward. And you know they were getting ahead of the ball, they were kicking the ball ahead, they were swinging the play, and it, they actually looked like they were enjoying it for for that that period when they went from you know they hit six points this went hit six points on the trot. Um, so it's it, it, it's hard to know, I, I, and it's certainly you know that that sort of drift kind of shadow defense. It's not just Donegal that are playing that now. It's a lot of teams. Maybe it's a fear of of just giving away freeze, and you know with goalkeepers now taking freeze, anything from whatever sort of fifty meters in is nearly a point. So maybe it's just not wanting to concede, cough up you know points from from fouls. Maybe. That's maybe that's the thinking. I don't know, but certainly, I think some team soon is going to come out with a with a you know a, a Donegal O twelve type defense that really biting um, yes. aggressive defense. You know, and you know you live you live by the sword. If if you cough up the odd free, so be it. You're still you're dictating the pace. You know, you're dictating the uh, the the tempo of the game rather than just sort of uh, trying to soak up. The, the opposition's attacks. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I mean, look, it's something probably only, only, uh, Declan and the team can, can, can answer as to why, 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 why they've gone down that road. Yeah. And, and Keith, finally, you know, you obviously you're a, a majestic man at your own art. You can make any game sound good and how you, how you would describe that. it. Now, Keith, I'm just wondering outside the Mayo story, you kind of kept us going the last few years. With the dub's dominance, are we seeing? Is it exciting for you now to see this resurgent Iron Man, this Derry team throws up a lot of new games for us? I mean, the brilliant run of Clare. You know, it must be exciting now to see that the dubs have been knocked off. Kerry coming back, we should be in for a couple of cracking games as the as the season tails in. 
Yeah, well, look, I mean, just to, I mean, to 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 to, to close out to close out, uh, just 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 my Donegal personal allegiance. Uh, it is obviously really disappointing to see them go out uh, the way they have done, and it feels like they're back at sort of Cross McGlen twenty ten, which needn't necessarily be the end of the world. There's still a really good group of players there, and um, you know, there's a lot. There was a lot of talk yesterday about the senior players like Michael and Patrick and, and Ryan McHugh still. Still feel like they have an awful lot to offer. Um, and you know, it's, it's, there's still a lot to look forward to, um, for, for, for Donegal. It is great to see new teams coming through. Um, it's a really attractive, uh, series of, of, of quarterfinals in, in, in a fortnight's time. Um, you know, when you think about what Rory Gallagher has done with, with Derry, it, it is remarkable. Um, it, it, I suppose it is, uh, uh, it, it is reminiscent of Donegal 2011. Uh, it'd be interesting to see now if they are, um, willing to become a wee bit more expansive, uh, when they get to Crow Park. Um, but either way, they're in with a really cracking shout of making the last four, which is, um, which is just huge progress and, and brilliant for the county. Uh, and Armagh also. And, you know, the Kerry-Mayo game is really intriguing because Mayo were abject for most of that game. And then they do what they always seem to do, which is, um, you know, um, dodge a bullet and somehow find a way to win. I think the question they need to ask themselves is, why do they need to be literally at the edge of the cliff before they get their act together and, and, and you know, hit the turbo, hit the turbo button? Yeah. Um, <sighs> The Cork Dublin game, it's a tough draw for Cork, I think. You know, they performed yeah. pretty well against Limerick. Um, I think 113 from play overall, which which was a decent enough return. But like there's a kind of a vindictiveness now about the way the dubs are going about their business. And, you know, vindictive in a in a in a good way. They're sort of there there's an element of vengeance about them. Um and you'd you'd be a wee bit worried for Cork. I, I totally agree. I'd be fearful, I'm sure. That's one of the ones you would hope they just might stay in the game. Uh, uh, Keith, but listen, we'll, we'll have to get by. We'll have to get behind the Ulster boys now. That's all this for. Great round up there, Keith. Once, once a sham, always a sham. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Mighty <laughs> man, mighty man. Thanks for joining us this evening on the DL debate. Yeah, that was Keith. Keith Duggan there, sure, Irish man. Times reporter. What a great one he is too. And listen, folks, that is. A wrap for today. I want to thank my, my guest there, Keith Duggan of the Irish Times. I want to thank Kevin Castley and Aaron Kiernan and Maureen O'Donnell earlier in the show. I want to thank Kenneth for producing and looking after me as, a, as ever. Head of Sport, Oshin Kelly. Stay tuned for the Monday night session. Some great music coming up. But for now, this is me, Brenda Vinny, saying thanks for tuning in and tune in next week for the next episode of the DL Debate. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny. Serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen.